My name is Joanne Clegg and I'm a type 1 diabetic. And Joanne, how did you first find out that you had diabetes? Well, I was 17 years old. I went to see my doctor for a routine checkup and they found the sugar in a urine sample. And what happened then? What was the next step? A nurse came round to my home on the Monday morning and I gave myself my first injection of insulin there and then. So I didn't have the, the that awful thing of, of having to go into hospital and, and, and all of that. I was able to do it from home that first morning. So And it went from there. I was very, I'd been losing weight. Um, I thought it was fantastic, you know. I was 17. I was stuffing my face all the time. I've got a very sweet tooth. I like my cake. But losing weight, and I, I did actually go down to about six stone. But when it's gradual, you, you don't really appreciate it or, or even realise it. Um, but that was the reason why I, I wasn't putting any weight on. Incredibly thirsty all the time, drinking water all the time. Again, I just thought, well, I just like to drink water and I'm thirsty a lot. <laughs> but that's amazing, isn't it? Because people would think, oh, type one, that's the really serious one. So it must be really obvious if you have something like that. I think it generally is, actually, because, um, yeah, it, 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 everybody's different um, and it can come on very suddenly. And I think, it, it, I think in children particularly, it, it's probably more serious at the outset, uh, certainly than it was for me. And did they say why, why they thought you had it? Was it something that brought it on or was it a, a condition no. that had been underlying for a long time? No, no. Um, there are a lot of theories about uh, type 1 diabetes. One is that um, a, a virus such as chickenpox, for example, could bring it on or a stomach upset. Um, so no, no, no one really knew. And so once, but once you've got it, you've got it, haven't you? It's not something you can then get rid of. No, no, you can't. Um, type one is uh, at the moment for life, um, and and it's basically just just that that part of your pancreas has packed up, um, and it's not going to work again. So you've got to put the insulin into your body, and that's quite a big thing to do for a seventeen-year-old. It was quite a lifestyle change for you. It was, yeah, actually. I, I had. The the best piece of advice I've ever been given was my diabetes consultant. After that initial period where the nurse came round and, and, and we did I learned how to do the injections and so on, I went to see the consultant at the hospital in Sheffield. And he said to me, he said, your diabetes doesn't control you. You control your diabetes. And that was just such a fantastic piece of advice. And when you say you control your diabetes, assuming you mean with obviously with the, the insulin itself that you're injecting yourself, but also your diet, you must have had to be quite aware of your diet, were you? I think provided you eat healthily, you can eat anything as a as a type one because you're you're putting the insulin into your body. Um, like I said, I've, I've got a very sweet tooth, so um, yes. <laughs> you can still um, have your cake. <laughs> I can still have my cake, yes. I just have to make sure that I have the correct amount of insulin for it. And so you must have seen then over that time some quite dramatic changes in the way that you uh, monitor yourself and administer the insulin because there's been some quite dramatic um, progressions, haven't there? Oh, it's it's been huge. The way that technology has, has progressed, I mean, 100 years ago, a diagnosis of type 1 diabetes with a, a death sentence um, and then they discovered how you know insulin could be uh, sort of synthesized and put back into the body um, when I became diabetic I was on two injections a day um, there were no opportunities to test your blood in those days so a lot of it was guesswork and you sort of relied on your regular visits to the to the hospital for for checkups and so on um I then went on to four injections a day after my daughter was born when I was 25 and now I use an insulin pump 
where the insulin's being delivered under the skin directly, that lasts for three days, and so you change that every three days. And instead of doing finger prick blood tests, I wear a sensor, again, just under the skin. Um, and all you do there is, it's like swiping a, a credit card, you swipe a meter over the sensor and it tells you what your blood sugar is. It's a lot easier. I, I think the sensors as well, um, although they're not on the NHS yet, it will happen, we're all hoping. But for the parents of small children who previously were waking their children up in the night to do fingerprint blood tests, now just go in, swipe them. The, the child doesn't even need to, to wake up for that. And they can see what their blood sugar is. That's brilliant. So clever. I mean, in the early days, did you have any sort of scary moments? Because obviously you can have the highs and lows and things. And if you type one, that's quite dangerous, isn't it? Yes. Um, I always had very good warning symptoms that I was going hypo um, in the early days. So was able to treat that quite easily with, with glucose tablets. I've never really had anything. I've had it for over 30 years now. And I've never really had an, a, an issue with it. And so you, you're also um, the chairman of the Manx Diabetic Group. How did you get involved with that? Oh, well, that was, uh, gosh, that was a few years ago. Um, I'd, I'd gone up to the Diabetes Centre to uh, have the pump fitted. So I was, I was switching from injections to pump therapy. And I found out while I was up there that there was actually a waiting list for children to get the pumps. I think at that time the NHS provided five pumps for adults and five for children. Well, the adult service was fine because m- many adults preferred to, to to stay on injections, but the pump therapy is so much better for children. So I contacted the Manx Diabetic Group to see whether I could help or we could do something to get the pumps for children. And then I spoke to Angela Gregory, who at that time was a journalist with Isle of Man newspapers, and we set up a campaign, Pumps for Kids. Uh, so we wiped out the waiting list, and now any child who is diagnosed and is suitable for a pump uh, can get one. So that was that was lovely. That was a really lovely thing to be able to do. And now, obviously, you're quite heavily involved with the group. So um, what would you say are some of the sort of aims of the group? What, what does the group actually do? Well, one of our big aims at the moment is to is to raise awareness it can be difficult for people to understand you know they they can see the pump on your arm or 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 wherever you wear it but they don't really know what it is or or anything about the the condition really that you're living with um so raising awareness is important and and the way we do that is we we just try and have a presence we we were at the food and drink festival uh, last september that was fantastic we we shared a stall with the dietitians from nobles hospital uh, so they could educate people about diet and eating well and we could talk to people about our diabetes Um, and this year we're planning to be at the two big agricultural shows and back at the food and drink festival Um, and we also help the diabetes center with in in terms of things like um, training for specialist nurses providing equipment for them just just any help we can give them really and I suppose as well, part of it must be too that it provides a community for people with diabetes because if you get your first diagnosed, I assume it must be quite a scary thing. It is. It's it's a bit yes, it's 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 a bit of a leap into the unknown. And also chances are you won't know anyone else who has type one diabetes. Um we have uh, the Mount Diabetic Group, we have a lovely youth group organizer, Kerry, and she organizes lots of events for young people, but we're also trying to involve more teenagers. The age range that really often falls between the the, the gaps in, in care and support, which is, you know, you sort of seventeen, eighteen to 
early 20s age group and what can we do for them so we're looking at events that might attract that age group things like kayaking uh, live music that sort of thing because at the end of the day it certainly doesn't prevent you doing activities like that does it and you certainly you had a talk recently with a fascinating young man didn't you we did sam brand yes he's um, he's in his mid-20s he's in the states at the moment and he races bikes bicycles for novo nordisk which is one of the manufacturers of of uh, diabetes equipment and insulin so he's actually living the dream and he said this because he's a type 1 diabetic yeah and and, and diabetes type 1 doesn't have to stop you from doing anything I mean, Steve Redgrave the rower the UK Prime Minister has type 1 diabetes um, but again it, it's it that's not the thing that that defines her a lot of people aren't aware that she's she is type 1 diabetic a lot of people aren't aware that i am because it's not something that you would bring up in conversation is it but i suppose in some ways you can't if you're in a social situation that involves eating in a way you also can't really avoid the sort of acknowledgement that you have diabetes because you have to deal with it don't you you do it's 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 quite amusing sometimes actually because um you know you'll be sitting around the dinner table and you don't know how much insulin you need until you see the food um, so the food arrives and the first thing I do is get my pump out. Uh, well, first of all, I swipe my arm, which must look a little <laughs> bit weird. And then I get my pump out so I can put in the carbs and my blood sugar level. And then the pump tells me how much insulin I need. So I hit go. But to anybody watching me, it just looks as though my food has arrived and I've got out my mobile phone and started <laughs> sending a text message or faffing around on that. So, But then on the other hand, you don't want to say to everybody, oh, uh, I'm a type 1 diabetic and I'm just going to do a blood test and then I'm going to inject some insulin. You know, it's so yeah, sometimes it's a little bit awkward, but not half as awkward as it was where it was a finger prick blood test and then you'd be getting a needle out and flicking a syringe. Yeah. So um, if people want to get involved in the group or become part of the sort of community, how can they do that? Well, um, we're always looking for volunteers to help us um, when, when we're at events. It's always nice to have people help us. Anyone can get in contact with us. Um, we're just about to relaunch our website, actually. Um, we have a lovely techie person on the board now. Um, they're all volunteers. It's fantastic, the, the work that they do. So uh, we've had a bit of a rebrand and the website will be online soon. Um, we're on Twitter and Facebook and quite easy to find. It's just Manx Diabetic. And what's this um, Mother's Day event then? Tell us more about that. Oh, yeah, this is going to be lovely, actually. And again, people can find out about it through Facebook and Twitter. But we're just going to out to Silverdale. Um, a bunch of children going out to a ceramic studio. The people at the cafe there are going to lay on some food for us. And we've got the whole afternoon for people just to come along and make something nice for their mum. And as someone with uh, type 1 diabetes, what sort of advice would you give someone who may, maybe has just been diagnosed themselves? I think the same advice that I was given, which is, you know, it's a shock, but don't let it define you. You're in charge of it. Get as much information as you possibly can and have the odd piece of chocolate cake. 